Welcome to AI Parenting Live.、Uh, welcome, modern families, overwhelmed parents, single parents, and everyone who wants a change.、Uh, congratulations for joining us today, live or in the replay.、Uh, maybe you're anxious about screen time. Or maybe you want to learn more about parenting in a world of artificial intelligence. Maybe you want to know how you can prepare your kids for jobs in this uncertain world of automation. That's exactly why AI parenting is going live, so we can interact and answer the questions that are most impacting your family right now. Are you ready? I see Alice said hello. And、Alice was on LinkedIn,、uh, so thank you.、Uh, I'm, I'm glad you can participate today. Some of you already know me, and those who don't might be asking, "Who am I, and what makes me think that I can talk about AI and parenting?" So <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll deal with the first question. I'm Dr. Ed. I'm an ADHD parent of two boys. Both、uh, are learning online at home these days. And my oldest son was also diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. In fact, I didn't learn that I had ADHD until my son was diagnosed, and the doctor said, "Well, it usually comes from someone in the family." <laughs> so, do you have a family member that has an extraordinary need? If you do, congratulations, and I'll explain why. No, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a medical doctor,、uh, but let me share with you what brought me to this deep understanding of AI as a parent、uh, from my doctorate degree in computer science. You see, like as a kid, I hated school.、Uh, my undiagnosed ADHD meant that even reading and writing was so hard for me. Teachers and kids at school used to make fun of me for being slow. And by the fifth grade, I firmly believed that I was dumb, and that the only way that I'd make it through school was by cheating. So in grade seven,、uh, I got put into a late French immersion school, meaning this was my first time learning science in French, math in French, and the worst subject of all. French language arts. So now, in addition to struggling with school, I had to learn in a language that I didn't understand. And the day of reckoning came when I got caught cheating by my seventh-grade French language arts teacher. At the parent-teacher interview, I was fully expecting him to say, "You know, Ed's been caught cheating." If he decided to suspend me, I would have deserved it. But what actually happened really shocked me, and it kind of formed who I am today.、Uh, he started by saying, "Look, I know Ed's struggling with school," <laughs> and I figured, "Well, here it comes, here it comes, I'm finished." But what he said next shocked me. He said, "But he's creative, so." I think it's okay. Okay, what? <laughs> okay to struggle? Who says that? He also said, "Look, I'm going to give Ed a chance 
to showcase his creativity in class. And so creativity became the focus of my life. And it ultimately led me to my PhD in computer science, where I had a chance to use AI to help groups of people uh, use voice and hand gestures to interact with tables and wall displays. You can think of it like um, Siri and iPads for a team of people. Uh, and this work was posted to YouTube uh, over 14 years ago. Um, and it made the trending page, uh, which is like the, the when you explore, you can see like what's hot, like that's that's the page on YouTube. Uh, and so this was my very first exposure to the power of an AI that works at scale. And so I made this channel to address um, the fear, you know, the, the fear and the anxiety that parents have around screen time and the things that their kids are watching. You know, when we were kids, we had screen time too. So what's the difference today from what we would watch on TV? Well, the question is who? Who decides what our kids watch next on YouTube Kids or Disney Plus? Since the 1990s, these decisions are being made less by people and more by artificial intelligence. Have your kids ever seen videos or posts online that you'd consider inappropriate? Have they ever seen any posts that you kind of look at it and go, or this video, it's like, yeah, you really shouldn't be watching that. Well, if you're like me, then congrats. At least being aware of this issue is really the first step. So my goal is to really talk about how AI uh, mixes with our emotions and our unconscious desires. It's way easier to understand artificial intelligence, not as this type of like intelligent being, like there's a man behind the curtain, uh, but rather as kind of like our digital unconsciousness. It makes these automatic decisions, kind of like choosing the next video or the posts. And it seems like, what, not a big deal, right? So what, it just picks our next video. Well, that's wrong. Because these automatic decisions impact how we feel about ourselves, what we desire, and who we vote for. You know, have you ever felt angry? <laughs> after seeing a post online come on like nowadays with everything that's going on like with trump all of this it's kind of hard not to find a post that makes you angry that's done on purpose you see news outlets found out that once we have a lot of controversy things that make people angry they're going to be more likely to watch they're going to be more likely to continue on they're more likely to go to the end and so this is really, really important, just as uh, an understanding of our own unconsciousness will give us more control over how we react to the things that happen in our day. Understanding our digital unconsciousness will help us control how we react online.
at the end of the day, emotions drive actions. So understanding how AI targets our chemical soup, let's call it, of dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins is key to taking back control. I want to go into screen time because screen time is a really important issue. Now, you may have heard people already saying that there should be no screen time for kids younger than three years old. I remember when I was a parent, oh, man, that was ingrained. I don't know how many doctors told me this, like no screen time before three years old. <laughs> oh, uh, comment from Alice. Uh, absolutely digital unconsciousness. We need to create these classes for K to adult education. Absolutely. Actually, that's kind of my goal with this as a first step. It's my, my background in education, my background in computers, uh, this, this is all coming together and I'm hoping that understanding this will help parents get closer. So thanks for the question, Alice. That's awesome. On one hand, you hear no screen time before three years old. But on the other hand, you may have also heard people saying that, well, you know what? Screen time's okay. If they're watching educational shows like um, Sesame Street, it's okay. Or if it's a video call with the grandparents, it's okay. <laughs> what? Right? Like, like we're, we're see, hearing the same thing and just like completely opposite um, perspectives, often from even the same people. So what? What is screen time? How come we didn't call it screen time when we were growing up watching TV? Like we watched a lot of screen, right? Like how, how is that different? What's the difference between screen time today and watching TV when we were kids? You see, screen time is a term that is borrowed from the movie industry to refer to the length of a uh, of story or feature film. Like they'll say screen time is an hour and 30 minutes for this particular film. And what that means is that this is the length of the story. So it, it, excluding the intros at the beginning and the credits at the end, the actual story portion is an hour and 30 minutes. So that's what screen time used to mean. But things changed in the early 1990s. Writers such as Tom Engelhardt, they started adopting this term to refer to the amount of time that kids were spending in front of screens. Uh, there's this uh, quote that he has. Um, this, this Tom Engelhardt is just a, like a news writer. And he said, well, in an article, even a six-month-old spends an average of an hour and a half of screen time a day, a movie a day. So he was using the same types of terms that we use for movies to describe how much time kids were spending. And so in that, it automatically sent all of these types of messages, right? Like, so, so screen time all of a sudden uh, goes from this neutral term about story length to this loaded term with all sorts of negative connotations, specifically around parenting. You know, it's often associated with guilt and addiction. You know, I'm... Uh, particularly fond of the urban dictionary definition of screen time. It says screen time, 
They're trying to end teenagers' enjoyments. It's used by parents to annoy the hell out of kids and fearmonger about any potential harm to their kids. It hurts their eyes. It makes them violent. It causes school shootings. It makes their brains rot out and other fake news. Look at how the kids treat it, right? They're like, it's not like, why is this thing such a big deal, right? They don't get it. We say it's all bad, but they they don't believe it. They say it's it's this term often used by parents to annoy kids um, and fearmonger about this potential harm. It's going to hurt their eyes, or it's going to make them violent, or <laughs> it's going to make their brains rot out, um, and other fake news. But here's the question: Is screen time the latest scapegoat for all of the challenges that we face as parents? Saying that all screen time is bad is not all that different from saying that all toys are bad. It's too generic, actually, to be useful for most parents. Limiting screen time alone, it reduces, but it does not eliminate the root causes that are causing kids to watch screens for hours on end. In the first place, as a parent, I fully appreciate how exhausting it is to finish a hard day of work. Only to be the cook, the cleaner, the live entertainment for your children. Oh. But that said, children are often trying to fill some type of void with screen time. They are either getting it from the little energy that the parent has left, or they're trying to find it online. But here's the problem: the passive use of screens. It doesn't fill this emptiness of isolation that we all feel. It only masks that feeling for a short period of time. And really, the only way to cure this feeling of isolation is through connection. It's another reason why we're going live. It's another reason why we need we we were not meant to work, to learn, to struggle. All alone, we were we were meant to do this in a connected way together, as a community,、uh, as a family, as a society. Screens, like toys, are are these parenting tools. You know, they're they're good for some tasks and they're terrible at others.、Uh, the key is knowing what they're good for and when to use them.、Uh, so simply setting a timer on the oven. It's not going to get you the result that you need if you don't know what you're baking first. We're missing, like, for for parenting, especially parenting in this world of AI. We are missing the cookbook. We are missing all of the instructions that we need、uh, for what are we trying to do with this. It's important to have the the same drive and the same purpose、uh, in using screens. And so there are different levels for using screens,、um, and I'm going to cover them uh, shortly. Uh, so there are three different types of screen time. The three different types are: the first one is sedate. So、uh, with screens, we can use it for consumption. We can use it for consuming material. Look, I just want them to not bother me for an hour. Um, go ahead, use it for consumption. I'm or look, I'm just trying to like fill this space that I have.、Um, that's one way that we can use screens is、uh, sedation. Okay. The next is relate. 
So we can use uh, screen time for critical thinking and reflection. So we can use it to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to use it so that I can think about it or we can discuss it as a family. We can use it for reflection. That's the next level. So that's level two. Now, level three um, is creation. We can use it to create something new or we can use it to disrupt the status quo. I could be using it to make something brand new. I could be using it to create something with my child. Um, I could also be using it to disrupt something that I don't like. Either I don't like the way things are going right now in my family. I don't like how things are happening in school. I don't like the way things that are happening in my society. It can be used in very powerful ways. Uh, but each of these are different levels and they all have different levels of skill that you need to get to the to that point. And so my goal is we're going to walk you through all of those three different steps. My catchphrase for this is don't sedate, relate to create. And so don't sedate. We can use it for sedation, but as much as you can, that's the stuff we want to avoid. Okay, so don't sedate, avoid sedation. Try to use this as much as you can for relation, right? So you want to at least ask them, well, okay, what did you watch? What did you learn about this? Um, can you relate it to anything that you know? Right? Well, how does this relate to this other thing that you like or know? And then finally use it for creation. Okay, let's say you were to make the same videos that you keep watching. Um, my, my child, oldest, loves Lego. And he's building Lego all the time. He's watching this YouTuber um, who builds really elaborate Lego. I'm like, great. So if you were to make, um, I think it's like, he calls it Janghai. Um, but if you were to make a Janghai video, a Lego video, uh, how, what would you put in it? What would you describe? Okay, let's go and start making some of that together. So not just knowing his interests. Yes, he's interested in Lego and I'm trying to help him learn uh, some Lego techniques but I want him to, to start getting to the point where he's gonna be able to make these videos that he watches himself. Now that is a totally different level. Um, you know, for me, I have a really hard time with these, like I call them um, prescribed limits on, like based on age. I have these, this difficulty with prescribed time limits uh, for screen time just based on age, uh, when we're also told at the same time, well, a call with the grandparents at any age is totally okay. And so I think that it might be better for us to consider that the mindless level one sedation is what we want to avoid altogether. All right, so just straight up watching video after video, you're not gonna remember anything anyways. It's not gonna help you. Th those are the ones that we specifically want to avoid. However, the video call with the grandparents is a better level two use because you get to, you need to reflect and you need to think about their questions. So the grandparents might be asking, oh, well, what did you do? And, and what is this all about? And so that they can interact, right? So we're already moving into relation and reflection. We're trying to build a relationship. We are trying to reflect on what we are watching. And what would be even better is a level three where we are creating something together that everyone could be proud of.
Okay, you're gonna create a video. All right, well, we are going to do this live. We are gonna get the grandparents to uh, do the intro for it, maybe ask some questions, have some commentary, and at the end, we've produced something new. Maybe the audience is only our family, that's okay. But the key is we created something that everyone, including the grandparents and, and the kids, can they can all be proud of together. Oh, Craig's on the line, awesome. <laughs> uh, Craig asks, well, what if it's a Netflix watch party with the grandparents? Fantastic. Um, I like the idea of watching the same video together. So I, I think people call this a watch party. I think a watch party is only uh, good if you can reflect. So for me, it would be best if you either like watch it all together and then somehow you can pause it partway through and then ask some questions or interact or kind of go, because a lot of kids will just keep watching stuff and they, they won't even understand what's happening. It's more like a reflect party, right? So what if instead of just a Netflix watch party, like we're just straight up binging them, we, we use it to pause and reflect and then we keep going and we'll watch the next movie. I know this is kind of annoying for kids, especially at the beginning. It's like, oh, I just want to know what's going on. And yeah, you're, you're eventually going to get to the point where you all enjoy it and then you reflect afterwards. Like there's there's a time and place for everything. But I do think, especially in the beginning, um, when you're giving context, like what is the context of this this thing? Like I get my kids to watch a lot of 90s movies. We just watched The Mighty Ducks. And this is like probably one of their first exposures to hockey. And I want to make sure that their their first exposure to hockey is is a positive one and they understand all of the stuff that's going on. So, yeah, I'm pausing it partway through. Yes, we're having kind of like a watch party in our family, but we're pausing it to go, well, what exactly is happening here? Like, what? why are they wearing these kind of things? Why is this protective equipment important? Why is all like unless they understand these things, it doesn't it, it's not really going to connect. Ooh. Um, yeah, if there's a communication parallel to their video. Yes, exactly. <laughs> see, see, you're getting it. Awesome. Like I, I figured, um, you know what? The reality is I'm going to be learning as much from, from you guys as you learn from me. Honestly, I, I do want to leave some time. Guys, ask some questions. Um, you know, Craig's on Facebook. Alice is, is on LinkedIn. Um, if whatever platform you're on, I should be able to see, uh, the chat. So, so use it, you know, ask those questions. I'm seeing them. <laughs> I see, I see your comments live. Oh, uh, we also had, uh, yes, Lola as well, uh, participating as well. So that's pretty exciting. My goal here is if we dive deeper, so we, let's dive deeper into each one of those subjects. And, and this is where I'm, I'm going to borrow examples from the audience. Think about, uh, times in your life where, mm, sedation. Like, it's not to say that sedation is the worst thing. When are, when are good times that you need sedation? Like, for some people, it's like, oh, I'm at a restaurant or I'm in someplace public and yeah, I don't want them causing a scene. Is that a good time to, to use sedation? What do you think? Let's critically think together. And, and this, again, like, this session right now at the live stream <laughs> is this a good time like just to to use the sedation should we just be watching you know like should we just be passive if we are able to be more active uh, you're gonna find that it you'll 
you get a lot more out of it. Uh, but it's not to say that just watching, like sometimes you've got other things going on. If you're taking care of the kids, I mean, that's okay too. What does getting the kids ready for the Disney Plus series coming up? That's, a, that's right, Craig. We're <laughs> There's a couple of them that are pretty exciting coming up. My kids are really into just Star Wars. <laughs> you can see it. Uh, Baby Yoda reminds us that every master was a disaster. Getting the, the kids in there, I think, is, is really important. Sometimes you, you let them just pick uh, because that, how else are you going to discover what their interests are? You, you sometimes discover it just by watching the videos that they watch, spending the time to understand that, and then using that as a prompt for conversation. That That's all. That's all you need. Like, it doesn't need to be all-encompassing. You, you don't need to run it the way that we do uh, at home. And I'll show you a little bit of what we do at home. Uh, we, we go, like, full-on, write it, you know, on a board. We talk about it. We have exercises. Uh, we, we try to get very much into the creation side. But you guys have to start somewhere and I want to make sure that you've got at least some takeaways from from this one as well. Um, Craig says it's okay to allow the kids a break and for the parents too. Uh, kids can do a reflection activity on their own. Uh, they could do a journal or they could do a drawing and that's the goal is that ultimately when they have done enough of this um, this practice of going from consumption, like just straight sedation, to reflection and then creation, that eventually this becomes automatic for them. And this becomes related to any topic uh, that they have of interest. Uh, and for me, that was a really big realization. Um, I think it was the, the grade seven French language arts teacher, Mr. Belanger, that I was talking about earlier, he said, you can be creative. You don't have to just be creative only inside whatever like things that you enjoy, whatever TV shows that you watch. That doesn't have to be the only place that you are creative. You could be creative in French language arts. Think about it, right? Like apply it to your interests. And so once you learn this skill, which I feel is like the, the most critical skill, especially in this time, where so much, so many of us are, what we're, we're parenting, like we're learning online from home. I mean, there's no limit to the number of distractions that are out there. I mean, you've got video games, you have movies, you've got YouTube, you've got social media. If you're going to try to compete against those interests, you're going to lose. And I want to give you that opportunity to to understand that you don't have to fight against it. You can, you can work with it. And <laughs> this is, for me, uh, something that I'm really, really passionate about because it is what it changed everything, like 180 degrees uh, for me, saying that, you know what? It's not, there are no boring tasks. There's no boring assignments. There's no, there are no boring subjects. Uh, there's only boring imaginations and this imagination is kind of like a muscle and why do i emphasize it so much uh, it's exactly because we are entering this world of automation and if most of what you can do is mm, say like regurgitate information 
then you're not going to be very competitive in this upcoming market of constant change. And you are going to like creativity is kind of the main driving force behind disruption of any sort. Um, it is also one of the hardest things. It's one of the hardest things. We've been talking about this for decades. I enter, um, I, I've been in some sessions where with some of the thought leaders uh, in our field of education and technology, uh, some of the founding people who are involved with OLPC, some of the people who came up with Logo, and these people talk about creativity as well in the same way. And they say it's been really, really difficult. It's been decades. We've been pushing the exact same things, but yet in schools, it's still really hard to do. Um, I think, ooh, why? Why is that the case? Like, surely enough people advocating for this, it would have already happened. It, it came to this realization that there's a lot more to implementing something new in terms of a like a new type of way of learning than just creativity, like, oh, just do create like some best practice alone. Um, there, there are like stakeholders and there are systems uh, in place uh, that are specifically designed to uh, maintain the status quo. And guess what? AI is one of those systems. So, you know, AI um, isn't really designed for wanting you to be creative. Like they say, yeah, we're, we're specifically targeting creativity and some creators uh, on YouTube do certainly get highlighted. Uh, but the goal isn't for everybody to be creator. The goal is for most of you or most people to be consumers. And that is the, the scary thing is like, we want you to, to consume this stuff. We want you to believe whatever we believe. Um, Alice asks, could it be a difference in generations and a reluctance to change? <laughs> um, yeah, like certainly there's a generational gap because obviously the, our parents comfort with technology, like what we're using today versus our comfort with it is going to be totally at a different scale. They, they probably just saw all technology as bad. And so if you look at like where a lot of our notions around screen time come from and where a lot of our notions for parenting come from, um, this is part of understanding our own unconsciousness because our unconsciousness um, and our definition of what good parenting is often comes from what we saw our parents do. And so we use that um, and I attended a, a Rona, like Rona is like coronavirus, uh, Rona racism and radical parenting conference, uh, where they said exactly that is that, you know, our parents grew up in a very stressful situation. There were a lot of restrictions and we're so used to like they, they would just use the hammer, the, the fist, the authority uh, in order to dictate how they would like deal with their kids like you did it or else you had punishment now that punishment you know could be physical like it could be like a spanking uh, or it could be just verbal abuse it could be other things right but you knew like you either do it or there's punishment and how that has led us to think that this is the only way this is the best way it worked for us so it's going to work well for our kids not realizing at the same time that you know i talked about relationship you know like we're we are wanting to do this and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty, guilty of it myself that we sometimes want to parent in the same way too. I want them to follow or else.
Uh, and if they're young, yeah, you can certainly do that. If they're older, like you feel like, oh, now everything's really out of control, and now I have no idea what I can do. So, <laughs> sounds like an awesome conference uh, from Lynette, uh, Rona, racism and radical parenting. Absolutely. Um, and it's something that I've really enjoyed uh, because in this time of Rona, we have more because of this big gap, like the, we call it the digital divide. We have more changes or more difference between the the wealthy and the poor um, than ever before between the different uh, races as well. We talk about this as a as a system, and the system, if the goal, like, and, and I think this relates to something that Alice said earlier. Um, is it a reluct like where's this reluctance uh, to change coming from? It, it's coming from like a system that works great. Like if we're just think about it not from your perspective, but just think about it from the perspective of the very top, the zero point one percent that controls most of uh, politics today. The Jeff Bezos, you know, out there. Um, this is like having people in different like classes, having them work. I mean, these are all good things uh, for business. So if what a standardized test does for the most part is measure socioeconomic status and keep people who are in a low socioeconomic status in a low socioeconomic status, then as a system as a whole, it's working great. It doesn't need to be changed. We, we should just keep things as much the same as possible. In fact, we should do even more. We should go further and privatize, you know, and charter and separate as much of our education as possible so that we can better segregate those those individual students. Because one thing we know is that people learn best when they're in groups of people that are very, very similar to each other. Uh, in Finland, they, they do extremely well in school because everyone's a Finn. <laughs> Everyone has the same, roughly the same level of income. You, there isn't a lot of difference between, they go to the same churches. They, they have a lot of similar context. And that actually makes it a lot easier to teach because you don't have to teach to like a wide variety of students. You just have to teach to one, to one group of students. Um, Alice asks, I'd love to know what students think about learning online using various platforms such as Canvas and Google Classroom. I have my beef about Google Classroom, and I don't know uh, for sure if this happens in other systems, but my my biggest beef um, is in this in this world that we are learning online, we learn as a community. There's a lot of emphasis on, oh, we've got to get the test grades out right now, right? Like we've got to we've got to reveal what what the grades are for different tests. But I think that you know, really, it doesn't matter because the reality is everybody's going down almost a, like a third a letter grade or th there's a certain percentage of like performance that every student has dropped. So as a parent, I, I don't actually know like whether or not my my child is com as performing at grade level. Uh, I see his assignments. We're submitting them. We don't even know if we're doing them right. And and this is the thing is like they say it takes a village in order to or a community in order to grow that child. 
where is that community online? If we are submitting lessons and assignments all in isolation, and the only person that we're really accountable to is the teacher, then forget it. Right? Like, none of my peers are going to see this. I don't know if I'm doing this, this right. I don't know if I am really hitting it. Ah, oh, forget it. Right? Like, I'm not even going to submit. And we've got, what, 30 plus percent of students just not participate. Like, they don't, they have no participation at all online. Because at the end of the day, it's just a Google Classroom assignment. You don't submit it. You don't see other kids. Like, you don't know if other kids are submitting. Maybe everybody else is not submitting like me. Or maybe everybody is submitting, but maybe they're doing it at a way better level. You have no idea. You are in isolation. We were never meant to learn in isolation like this. And that's why I'm so passionate about this this particular area. Um, I feel that these types of systems need to change. It's not okay for the Google Classroom, you know, to just have a assignment that you submit and you never hear any feedback. You never get any, like there's no community around your creative work. We're going to learn a lot more when we're all together. We can see the feedback of peers. Like we can see what other students are doing. You can go, oh, I'm way behind. I really need to catch up or wow, this is a really creative idea. Maybe I can borrow that and use it for something else. And this, this borrowing of ideas uh, is actually one thing that I want to cover a lot more in detail in a future live stream. Because if you want to learn, yes, we got to learn the school stuff, but we also got to learn another type of, but you got to learn English. You're going to have to learn how to talk to AI in the future. Your kids are going to have to learn to speak to an algorithm. In fact, like this, everything that we're doing right now is speaking to an algorithm of some sort. Why am I doing a live stream? Why do the algorithms care about it? You need to know what they care about. And having this live stream um, is like, it, it's a way of learning a little bit more about AI. And AI, uh, the, the basic rule is copy best practice. That is literally find out what, which one's popular, make sure you're copying what they do. And so we, we grew up in school saying, ah, copying is bad, you know, like you don't plagiarize other people's stuff. But on the internet, <laughs> copying and with AI, copying is good. The algorithm's already tailored to target specific types of posts, specific, look for specific styles. You know what those are. You copy those, you're going to be more successful. And so this, this notion of even apprenticeships. Uh, is coming back. Just copy what the expert does. If you just took the most popular YouTuber and just copied what they do, you'd be surprised at the results. And so we need to learn. Uh, we, yes, we need to learn the school stuff, but we also need to learn how to. We need to learn how to speak to AI, and we need to also learn what the interests of AI are, because that's going to determine a lot of our success online. Um, uh, Craig says varies from my fifth graders in California. Some like it and some don't. Uh, some strive, uh, strive, and others are struggling. Hmm. Hmm. I can see that. Some of our assignments are collaborative, where they are sh in a, sh a shared slide deck. Oh, that's great. Uh, students could also see each other's work in a Flipgrid. Fantastic. Uh, sometimes when my kids see someone else's work, they instantly know two things. One. What were, what were we actually supposed to do on this assignment? 
Sometimes if you can like view and copy another student's assignment, that's the first thing. And then the second is, am I performing at grade level? Okay, I think this is done. Is this done? And then you start seeing other students work and you're like, oh my goodness, I am not even close to done. Okay, there's a lot more that I could have done. Ah, I didn't realize you could go further in this area. So you get two things. So that's a very good, it's very good to have that, that type of community feedback. Um, is what we're doing considered a small community? Uh, that's a good question. What does, what does community mean today um, in our current society? I would say, yeah, it is. Because really, if you're here, if you're watching this, you're part of a very small community. This is not everybody on, on the internet. This is probably parents. It's probably people who have some familiarity with technology, but they really want to regain control. Um, this is a very select uh, community that wants to grow together. So yeah, I would say it's a community. It's a community of shared interest. Uh, it used to be the case that our communities were uh, communities of convenience. That is, the communities of people who lived near each other. Oh, you you went to the same, you lived in the same neighborhood, or you uh, you you went to the same church, or you went to the same religious um, like building. <laughs> so. It, it's not really the case these days, and especially now in the in the age of Rona, um, we're sometimes more connected with communities of interest than we are with communities of like location, convenience, or uh, or values. So it is definitely yeah, like Lynette has said, it's, it's the has turned the world upside down. <laughs> Craig says yes, there are AI to be available to evaluate writing. Ah, yes, like are you, maybe you're referring to like Grammarly and those kind of things. And yes, there are AI programs to evaluate uh, writing from the perspective of the AI. Uh, so for example, there are some tools out there like Yoast that are search engine optimization tools. And you can actually type stuff in and you can see how, how the algorithm uh, chooses it. And what's interesting is like the things that algorithms look for versus the things that people look for is actually kind of different. Um, algorithms are looking because they, they don't really understand the content. They're not critically thinking about the content. Again, not intelligence, right? Like think unconsciousness, but they're looking at like, oh, how long is it? You know, is it long enough? Does it have certain keywords that are repeated? Uh, okay, that, that tells me that this is good for my audience. Like those those are the kinds of things. And we'll talk a little bit more about um, let's call it English for AI. <laughs> Right. Like or language for AI. Like we'll talk about that um, soon. Uh, Lynette says compliance and boundaries guidelines, for example, are essential uh, for knowing how to use AI to our advantage. Exactly. Exactly. Lynette. The, this is the thing is most of us like when you were given Facebook, you're given all the social media, you're given YouTube kids. They didn't come with any guidelines or any uh tutorials of like, yeah, this is the best way to use it. There isn't. And it's actually one of the reasons why I thought like we need to, we need this live stream. We need to build something together. Uh, I, I don't know what this is going to be uh, ultimately, but I want this to be a space where we can talk about that because more and more uh, parents that I speak with on a regular basis are all dealing with the same challenges, the same issues, uh, specifically around screen time. And what does this mean? What should we do? What is a good way to use it?
And so a lot of my framework is going to focus around sedation, moving, like not sedating, <laughs> relating to create. And so we'll, we'll move a little bit further uh, in that in, in some of our future ones, future live stream sessions. Um, Lynette says she loves SEO. Awesome. Find an efficient way to get noticed more. Absolutely. One of my, my plans with some of the future sessions is uh, we're going to dive a little bit deeper uh, into this unconsciousness, this digital unconsciousness. And I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, two kind of main driving factors. Uh, and for this purpose, I want to like warn you a little bit ahead of time uh, that we're going to be mostly talking about sex and aggression. <laughs> so uh, if like, I don't know. I don't, if you're watching this with the kids, like I may need to like tone it down a little bit, but <laughs> trust me, we're going to be talking a lot more on sex and aggression uh, as the two driving forces behind a lot of what you see on the internet. This digital unconsciousness, what drives us? What drives it? What are the kinds of things that you do or that other people do when there's no one else watching besides the AI? Um, and so this is, thank you, always making me think, awesome, nice, relating to create, yes, yes, awesome. So this is um, something I'm very excited about. And one thing I want to do for, for you before we go is it just mentioned that my plan is uh, I've made a deal. <laughs> I've made a deal with my family uh, for being here uh, for you guys, answering any questions that you might have on the on a weekly basis so we're going to do this basically at least until april so every sunday 2 p.m if you want to pop in live i would love to have you participate i think you're going to get a lot more out of these sessions if we uh, are all doing them live together ultimately if you don't have time that's totally cool um you're certainly welcome to watch the replay and i know parents are busy I'm planning on remaking some of these sessions either as podcasts that are available. Um, they could be available as small snippets, like small snippets that are used for social media, or they could also be used for um, like just, it could be just general videos or, or blog posts, for example. So there's something you can read if you have time. Uh, I wanna put all of these, these different thoughts together uh, because they form a lot of what I'm, I'm trying to do right now, which is, put together a, a book, uh, a book around AI parenting, uh, this notion of like, don't sedate, relate to create. And these um, two, I call them like the unconsciousness, like I call them take back control of the invisible forces that control your family or disrupt the invisible forces that control your family. Uh, because a lot of people aren't even aware of the, the, the internal unconsciousness bit. Forget the digital unconsciousness. Now you throw digital unconsciousness into the mix. Now you have all of these, these forces that are just like, I wake up, I feel overwhelmed right at the beginning. I, you know, now I've got all this technology challenges as well. Like it's just, and now it's too much. And so uh, by breaking it down and breaking it down means like what I did earlier today, I just take like a single phrase, screen time. Where does it come from? What are the origins of it? How did it come to be what, what it is today? And what, what, what can we do about it? Let's, t like, let's take each one, hopefully each session, there'll be a, a purpose, 
is going to deep dive into one subject, and we're hopefully all going to learn a lot together. And it's your comments, actually, that makes this uh, really interesting. So again, thank you to Lynette, Alice, um, Craig, um, everyone who was able to participate. Oh, and, and Lola as well. <laughs> so I, I do appreciate it. It's kind of last minute. Uh, it, yeah, of course, I'll have more time to promote it <laughs> uh, in the future. But I, I just wanted to see, you know, if this was useful. Um, thank you, Alice. Uh, she, she said, excellent. Uh, this will help so many people. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. That's my goal is I really didn't want this to just be like about myself. I wanted this to be about you. I wanted it to be about what are things that you can do? What are practical things that you can do today to, to take back control? And I think part of it is just thinking about that framework. And so I have some homework <laughs> for you. I would like you to think a little bit more about your time. Think about the time that you have that your kids are spending uh, in front of like how much of it is sedation, how much of it is relation, and how much of it is creation. So think about those three. So if I take all of the time that I see them watching television, how much of their time is being spent in sedation, how much of it is being sent in relation, and how much of it is in creation. And that will give you a current snapshot of where everything is today. And then next, I want you to Think about where you would like that to be. Do you want it to be much higher in the creation side or um, are you happy with the current balance that you have between sedation and creation? We may never get to the point where that there is no sedation, where there is no just plain consumption. Sometimes we do, <laughs> we do need a break. I need a break too. Uh, but it's okay. I think uh, the key here is this is a, a space of forgiveness. And the purpose is not to judge. We're not here to say, okay, you're doing this and therefore it's bad. That's what screen time does. Screen time is there to judge you, right? It is there to tell you that because your, your kids are in front of a screen, you are a bad parent. It's true, right? It's there to make you feel guilty. And it's working. It's working really, really well. It is telling so many parents right now that, yeah, I'm a bad parent. Yeah, I feel I feel guilty. I hear that a lot. I hear it a lot. And so my goal with AI parenting is that it's not your fault. It is not your fault that your kids are spending time in front of these screens. It is not your fault that, you know, you are so busy right now that you have so many things going on. I feel that if anything, you never received any training about how AI works. You never received any training about like what is trying, what is happening with our society? What is happening? What is going on right now? Like there, there's no parent that could have told you this, right? Like you would need a PhD in computer science to really understand all of the stuff that's going on right now. So don't blame yourself. Don't blame yourself. Like you are doing the absolute best that you can in this crazy unprecedented situation and because you're here you're already on a path towards growth and so with that i want to thank you guys so much for participating today i 
wasn't sure how my first live stream would go. Um, I will talk about my own anxieties about nothing working prior to this, restarting it like five times, and then finally it starts working. Uh, but I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad we were able to do this, and I hope to do a lot more of these uh, in the future. And so, <laughs> oh, wow, I'm going to pass this on to my family in Australia. They have children under 14 years old. Exciting material to look forward to. Hey, thank you so much, Lynette. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, and to Lynette's point, if you have family and you have friends that you think would benefit from this type of material, please uh, forward it to them. Send them the video, send them the link. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel uh, that I'm starting up just called AI Parenting Live. You'll be able to search on most of the platforms, AI Parenting Live. You'll be able to find the content. I'll make it public so that everyone can access it, not only my friends or my immediate network because I want the, the message to get out there. Uh, the message is, it's not your fault. We are going, to, and you're on the right path. You know, you're on the right path. You're, you're gonna be learning a lot more about AI and you're gonna be learning a lot more, not just about like the te techie computer side of it, but also how it connects to psychology and how it connects to like this, this unconsciousness. And so that's my, my goal with this. Alice says, great job, thank you. I'll be sharing as well so many friends and family who need this timely message. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really do believe it is, it is very timely and it, it's very relevant for right now, uh, especially as many of us move from, from in-person to so much more online. Um, this message is, is very, very important to get out there and I do need your help. I do need your help to get the message out. I can't be the only one uh, promoting this. And especially for you, like having this message uh, is going to be very, having this message out is going to help build the community. And then it'll be more people that will help to encourage each other. And if that's the key is learning. Don't be like Google Classroom. Honestly, do not learn alone. Uh, the mind is an extremely scary neighborhood and you do not want to go there alone. The unconsciousness, the deep kind of things that we're gonna be going in into in this series, it's really gonna challenge things. And you certainly do not want to do this alone. And so that's why it's live. That's why it's it's not just a, a video series. If I could send a video series, I'd send it right now. And if that would solve your problems, then great. But how many video series have you watched? You know, how many, how many documentaries have you watched? How many, you know, self-improvement programs have you watched? And how have those changed your lives? To me, it's, it's without that community, without you guys, uh, this, this doesn't make any sense. Um, and it, it really is just, just a person lecturing. Sure, I can, I can lecture all I want, but that's not the point of this. I, I want it to be interactive. Uh, with that, thank you. I appreciate your time. I am looking forward to growing with you together as we learn more about parenting in this world of AI. Thank you.